Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. Today, we're joined by another Front Office Pro, Charlie, to discuss our free agency results from our Salary Cap IDP Dynasty Home League. We thought this would be a fun video to share with you all about how we conduct our free agency in our home league. If by chance, while you're watching this video, you think to yourself, you know, this is pretty cool, and you have questions about how we're doing all of this, well, go ahead and direct message either Joe or I or Front Office Pros on Twitter, and we would be happy to discuss more with you. All right, boys, let's get this thing rolling. Hut, hut, hike! So we will be going through each position and discussing the top five most prolific signings that took place during free agency. To have an idea of what these signings mean, our salary cap is based on the NFL salary cap of $225 million, and there are 16 teams in our league, so definitely a larger league size than normal. So starting off with the quarterbacks, our top five prolific quarterbacks, we've got Geno Smith. He signs for four years, $80 million, with 36 guaranteed and $24 million of that as a signing bonus. Quarterback Daniel Jones signed a two-year, $63 million contract with $44 million guaranteed with seven and a half as a signing bonus. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo signed a three-year, $26 million contract with $20 million guaranteed with two and a half as a signing bonus. And then Aaron Rodgers received the franchise tag for the third time. This will be his last time when we automatically go to the market next year, but it was one year, $27.5 million. And then lastly, Kirk Cousins he did receive a few offers in free agency, but ultimately teams decided to retract their offers. And Kirk Cousins is now destined for wave two. So he will be available after our rookie draft and he will sign for the best prove it deal, which is basically a one year deal. And whoever gives him the best deal, he will try at free agency again next year. So guys, what is your reaction to these quarterback contract decisions? I, I think Geno Smith's contract is... Hitting the ceiling. It's a little high. Um, I don't like Geno Smith's four-year deal. He's a one-year, kind of had a good year last season, and now we're going to give him $80 million. Um, No, I don't like that at all. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, I think that's a good deal for Danny Dollars, as I'll now call him. He's he's a top-10 quarterback, and he got paid top-10 money, um, top-10 at least fancy-wise, so I like that deal for that team. Um, the, the other The other – Quarterbacks, Jimmy G got what he's deserved. Um, Kirk going to wave two makes sense. I think he's a little bit on iffy edge whether he'll sign with Minnesota or not next year. No one wants to give him a long-term deal. Wow, Charlie, you know, for a guy who doesn't like to spend money in free agency, I'm really surprised by your response on that. Uh, you know, I think the Daniel Jones contract is hefty. One of the biggest surprises for me that, you know, somebody's going to give him that much and, you know, 14% of their salary cap, uh, you know, with that deal. Definitely was surprised about that. You know, Gino definitely got a lot of money. We'll see if he lives up to what he did last year or, you know, will he kind of fall back down to earth to what we've seen in prior years? Um, you know, the offense helped. They got Charbonnet in the draft and brought in Jackson Smith and Jigba at wide receiver as well. So it could be curious to see how defenses play him now that he showed that he could be a capable quarterback last year. Um, you know, I even thought the Jimmy G contract was pretty high. You know, there's not much certainty beyond this year with the Las Vegas Raiders and him, he's got the injury. And at the time that he was signed, I thought there was other quarterbacks on the board that this team could have, uh, you know, kind of pivoted to and paid a little bit more money for a more reliable quarterback this year. Yeah. Very interesting. I definitely have a different opinion than uh, you, Char. For example, 
I the Daniel Jones contract I thought was pretty high uh, for thirty one and a half million per year. I and in really a high guarantee. That that's what I'm looking at. Forty four of sixty three uh, guaranteed. I thought that was a pretty high guaranteed. Uh, you know, considering he really took his first step last year. I actually like, and I'll identify myself. I'm the Geno Smith <laughs> guy who signed Geno Smith. To me, I had no intention of bringing Geno Smith back. However, because of his lack of interest, I don't know. I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe what we saw last year could possibly be for real. Like Joe said, you got Jackson Smith and Jake, but now coming in, he's already got Lockett and DK Metcalf. And in my opinion, I sent him to a heavily signing bonus laden deal with pretty low guaranteed. So my thought is if anyone's watching from our league, you know, just keep this in mind during the season, I could very much consider trading him in the event that a quarterback gets injured. You're a playoff contending team. You don't, you know, you have all the pieces to possibly win now, but you don't have that. Your quarterback just went down. You need somebody to use and uh, that could happen. So to me, having that in my in my back pocket, I think, is, is going to be helpful. And then with Jimmy G, it's too high of a guarantee for me. That's the concern. 20 and a half out of the 26 guarantee with that foot injury. I, it's too bad because the news we heard about the foot <laughs> was after they signed up. I wonder if there was a little bit of regret there because, uh, you know, depending on that foot injury, it could be some trouble for them. Steve, you must like shopping at JC Penney's. You know, you get a coupon, you see a guy at a good price, <laughs> and you're like, ooh, I must get him. It's still a bad price for Gino, whether it's cheaper than what he thought he was going to go for. He's a lot of money. Good luck trying to trade a guy in a four-year um, deal during the season. Daniel Jones, you know, I, he's going to play well. He's playing at a high level. He's going to fit in and be he, – he could start for a Super Bowl contending league or team in our league right away and be a solid quarterback. In that case, I like it. I mean, Geno Smith was in the top five. Daniel Jones is in the top ten. Someone who acquires Geno Smith is going to get him for a big fat zero this year. He's going to have like 15 guaranteed next year and then nothing for the remaining two. Just base. They can just get rid of him. So I think that could be more appealing than you think. Well, I guess I would uh, not be one of those suitors. <laughs> Well, that's what surprises me because uh, there's not many more quarterback needy teams than the Charlie here in our league. <laughs> Rolling into the season with Mac Jones looking to compete. Yikes. <laughs> so going over to the running backs, uh, we got running back Aaron Jones. He signed for a two-year $40 million contract with $30 million guaranteed with $10 million as a signing bonus. Running back Raheem Mostert signed a two-year $22 million contract. $7 million of a guaranteed with $2 million in signing bonus. Running back Samaje Pirine signed a one-year $7 million deal with $6 million guaranteed with $1 million as a signing bonus. Rashad Penny signed a two-year $9 million deal with $6.5 guaranteed with $2.5 signing bonus. And lastly, Alvin Kamara, uh, he actually did not get signed. He received a few offers of free agency, but they were retracted, and he is destined for wave two, so he can be signed after the draft, and he will sign the best one-year deal offered to him. So, guys, what is your reaction to these running back contract decisions? Honestly, none of these running backs really surprise me that much, and I don't have strong opinions on the signs for either. Aaron Jones on a two-year, $40 million deal is maybe a tad high for my liking, but I would say in a running back needy league, getting a guy like that for a little paying a little extra for him is fine, in my opinion. So this, I don't look at this and be like, oh, these are bad signings, or 
I don't think anyone got a steal either. There was kind of like, blah. Yeah, the running back landscape in our free agency, you know, uh, what wasn't too good. You had, you know, Aaron Jones, who's obviously, you know, the one starter of the bunch. And then you had P. Ryan, who was interesting. And then there was kind of just uh, some other backup players. But, yeah, I didn't really have a problem with the, you know, the amount of money that Aaron Jones got. You know, the scarcity and free agency of running back in our league was there. And like I said, he was the one mainstay starter that can really help your team. And we had plenty of uh, owners in our league with some money. So wasn't surprised with that contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think really the only surprise for me with the Aaron Jones contract is the amount of guaranteed. I'm totally okay with what he's going to do this year. But next year, I believe he's a free agent. And he's going to be in that 28-year-old ter- territory where we know running backs kind of take a dive. So I think that owner may be looking at a possible dead cap situation because I don't know. I mean, you see guys like Leonard Fournette. Uh, Ezekiel, these guys are again up there in age. Kareem Hunt, they're not signing with the team. They may sign a little bit later, but you know we, it still remains to be seen. So I'm a little concerned about that. I was a little surprised by Kamara just because you know it's like you know everyone they when they see a running back, it's like they see deer in the headlights. Like there's a running back. So I thought for you know with a guy with his stature, I thought for sure someone could give him an offer. But hey, good for the league to show restraint. There's a lot of uh, mystery surrounding him of his legal issues and then drafting Kendra Miller and signing Jamal Williams. Uh, but I def- I was a little surprised that uh, everybody decided to pass on, on Kamara. Yeah, you know, I think it just he was disappointing last year. Um, you know, and then like you said, you had the legal troubles swirling around with him. Not sure what that New Orleans offense is, you know, going to happen. I wasn't looking to, you know, uh, go after him in this wave, but you know, wave two, uh, I might be more interested. I'm surprised you didn't go after him, Steve, on a discount. You know, <laughs> didn't get enough offers. <laughs> no, he's he, no, no, he's he's older, running back. No thanks. I, I uh, that was not where I was gonna go. <laughs> so going over to the wide receiver. Now this is where the fun started. Here, guys, we got some big names. So we've got wide receiver Tyler Lockett. He received a four-year, hundred million dollar contract with forty million guaranteed, with twenty million as a signing bonus. Wide receiver Amari Cooper signed a three-year, $82 million deal with $57 guaranteed and $17 million as a signing bonus. Then Keenan Allen signed a three-year, $62 million with $43 guaranteed and $9 million as a signing bonus. Brandon Cook signed a three-year, $60 million contract with $20 million guaranteed with $6 million as a signing bonus. And then wide receiver Tyler Boyd signed a two-year, $30 million contract with $22 million guaranteed with $9 million as a signing bonus. So, guys, what is your reaction to these wide receiver contract decisions? The biggest thing for me is that all of these wide receivers, or the vast majority of them, went over their market value in free agency. I think I don't look at these contracts other than I think the length of Tyler Lockett's um, is high, considering that he's getting up there in age. I, I think the length of Keenan Allen, I would feel a little uncomfortable for, given I don't know where he will land next year if he'll still be on the Chargers, but. Overall, I think my big takeaway from this is they just all went higher than what their market value was saying. And I think that just speaks big. If you're in our league, you know, and you got a wide receiver letting them walk or thinking you can sign a wide receiver in free agency for their value or a little less seems to be unrealistic. Yeah, the wide receiver market definitely was, you know, a hot commodity. But, you know, I think partially it was that because outside of these five guys, the talent level of wide receiver dramatically dropped. So I think the you definitely had to be aggressive 
if he wanted to get one of these guys. And I think that's what we saw. You know, I, I actually liked the Keenan Allen deal the best out of all these wide receivers. Um, you know, I thought the owner got him on a pretty cheap deal there. The one other thing I was kind of surprised about is being that these guys are kind of, you know, older receivers, like Charlie mentioned, not so much the length, but the amount of uh, guaranteed the owner's rule and they give these wide receivers is kind of what stood out to me and what surprised me with these deals. Yeah, I'm with you, Joe. I think I actually like the Key and Allen contract the best. I thought it was the most interesting. He was the only guy who went below his market value. I had him, and I think he wanted it thirty million a year, um, and uh, you know he got basically you know twenty and a half ish, uh, you know million per year. So he was the only one to go under. It's kind of interesting that he went for the same, practically the same APY as Brandon Cooks which I was very surprised to see that they were basically the same, even though, you know, Keenan Allen has a lot more guaranteed. That is the concern because he can't stay healthy. Um, I don't mind the Cooks and Lockett signings though, because even though they are long-term deals, they're effectively one or two year deals for, for Lockett. It's two years for Cooks. It's one year. So, you know, they're, they're front loading the guarantee. They've got a lot of base in the back. Sure, they'll have maybe a little bit of dead cap, but if they need to move on from them, they can. And, and I think they, they did that well. Um, it's just one of those positions that is a top priority, uh, you know, because we just have so many starters there. So I think that's why we saw so much action at the receiver position. Yeah, that and, uh, you know, teams in our league are reluctant to trade young wide receiver talents. You know, like Charlie mentioned, a lot of these teams are really hanging on to that wide receiver talent that they have. So, for some of these guys to hit the market and be interesting, you know, that just started an absolute frenzy in our league because those guys just aren't available all the time. Yeah. And the draft isn't like a great wide receiver draft class. If you're hoping to get impact this year from the wide receivers in the draft, like it, you know, it's very hit or miss. Yeah. That's a good point as well. So going over to the tight end position which had the probably most eye-popping signing out of all of our signings tight end travis kelsey received a two-year 110 million yes 110 million dollar contract with 100 million guaranteed and 30 million of that as signing bonus tight end tyler higby signed a two-year 19 and a half million dollar contract with six and a half guaranteed with two million as a signing bonus we got tight end Juwan Johnson. He signed a three-year, $10.5 million contract with $3 million guaranteed and one and a half as signing bonus. And then the next two guys both received the franchise tag. So tight end Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz uh, both got the tag, and they were one-year, $13 million fully guaranteed. So, guys, what is your reaction to these tight end contract decisions? I mean, quite honestly, that Travis Kelsey signing was just totally egregious. <laughs> it should never have happened. <laughs> 55 million per year. I mean, this is we're talking about 25% of your total salary cap. In a in a league where we're starting around right 20 guys each week. This isn't a regular redraft league where you have eight starters and sure spend 50% of your or 25% of your money on Travis Kelsey, but this isn't that. Travis Kelsey's 34. He signed him for two years for that 55 million per year a ton of guaranteed that's just it's outrageous i think he's going to be feeling it after that i you know that's i don't i don't that's not going to move that's going to help your team win he could have spent divvy that money up got three really good big name for agents that could have really helped spruce up the team kelsey's just not where it's at for, for that team mm, you know interesting you say it's not gonna kelsey's not gonna help you win i mean 
there there is no better differentiator that you could possibly have on your offense than Travis Kelsey. I get the whole thing that he's you know thirty four years old. Still think this is an outrageous contract, but no, absolutely, it it makes this team more competitive and inches I'm closer to win. Well, for that price, Joe, for that price. I mean, sure, Travis Kelsey will help your team out. Like having him is better than nobody. Or have better better him than having like, uh, I don't know, even Tyler Higbee or something, right? Sure, I'd much rather have Travis Kelsey. But for that price point when you could have used that blind to do other things, that's where I think it doesn't – you could have got more help from other things as opposed to spending a quarter of your cap on Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was an outrageous deal. We saw a tight end get quarterback money, but – it's also a product of when, you know, a couple of teams have about $100 million in cap space. They got to spend it somewhere and nobody else was, you know, really going that expensive. So I get it. They definitely could have spread the money around. It's a, it's an aggressive move. You know, we'll see how it works out. But, you know, the other thing that stands out to me at the tight end position was the fact that uh, an owner kept the franchise tag on uh, tight end Zach Ertz. I definitely wouldn't have done that. Um, you know, Steve and I mentioned in one of our prior videos, this is a potential, like, June 1st cutter trade guy uh, coming up here for the Cardinals. So for 13 million, that that's a pretty heavy price. Yeah. I mean, the Kelsey contract was definitely high. I think it was a perfect storm between a few, few owners having a ton of money to work with and, and him being the, the bell of the ball <laughs> and basically just trying to do whatever they can to, to woo him over, you know, to their team. And it just was a back and forth uh, battle. I, I was not expecting it to get that high, but that's where, you know, Charlie was talking about in our previous video, the model is rational, but owners are irrational. <laughs> and that's where so you true. see a guy like Travis Kelsey on there. It's like, I can have Travis Kelsey on my team. Oh, I gotta get him. I gotta have him. And, and that and that is that is the fun of it. I the thing I'm more concerned about as far as that deal is the guarantee. A hundred out of the one ten is guaranteed. Now I think this owner could be safe because I think Kelsey will play the next two years. I don't think because you know we saw Tony Gonzalez play really late in his career. He's a you know one of the best tight ends of all time. Kelsey's in that category. So, and it doesn't look like Kelsey's slowing it down anytime soon. So I think that he'll be fine. I think he'll play these next two years. Had it been a longer term, like maybe three or four years. Now I'm talking where I'm a little bit more concerned, uh, but overall, you know, nothing else too surprising. I do agree with you about earth Joe, uh, but nothing more to say about that. So heading over to the defensive ends, we've got defensive end Daniil Hunter. He signed a four-year, $60 million contract with $23 million guaranteed, with $8 million as a signing bonus. Defensive end Darius Smith signed a two-year, $30 million contract with $22 guaranteed, with $9 million as a signing bonus. we got defensive end Chandler Jones. He signed a one-year, $8 million contract with $5 million guaranteed, with $1 million as a signing bonus. We got defensive end Brandon Graham. He signed a one-year, three and a half million dollar contract with one million guaranteed and a half as signing bonus. And then defensive end Preston Smith. He received a few offers in free agency, but ultimately teams decided to retract their offers, and he is destined for wave two of free agency. So, guys, what is your reaction to these defensive end contract decisions? I, oh, overall, again, not, none of these are like oh, earth-shattering contracts for defensive ends. Hunter, I think overall, I, I like Hunter's contract. It's he's a good he's a good defensive end. He was one of the top defensive ends two years ago, or whenever before he got hurt. Um, he still has it. He played well. 
I think he's young enough that you can give him a four-year deal, but it's also low guaranteed. So I don't know. I really like that signing. I think it'll be a good fit in for the team. Chandler Jones is an interesting one. It was cheap enough, or I think it was worth the risk to see can he bounce back from last year. Um, otherwise, you know, again, nothing else really all that surprising or earth shattering. I had Dan Danell Hunter and ultimately hit, let him hit the market and uh, turned out, you know, most of the league kind of agreed with me, you know, as far as uh, I chose not to resign him, which was a good move because he actually went under the market value, you know, for our league. Um, so I was happy about that. And the owner definitely got a good deal. I like the low guaranteed in it. Uh, makes sense for them to see if Hunter can rebound. Um, you know, yeah, I thought the Chandler Jones deal made a lot of sense for the owner that got him. Uh, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a risk versus reward, but it's a pretty low risk opportunity to see if he returns to form with the Raiders. Obviously, it was really disappointing last year. Um, and then, you know, Brandon Graham kind of in the same boat there. And then, uh, you know, Preston Smith, he's an interesting player. We'll see what happens in Wave 2 form. Yeah, my biggest surprise here was the lack of interest in the top guys. So, Thank you, Joe. I was the one who went for Daniel Hunter. Um, to me, I mean, he's been a top. He's been a top sack getter. You know, I was. I had no intention of signing him. None. I did not want him. I had no interest in him. You got the but discount coupon, and I got now. the discount coupon. I was like, <laughs> I got to get this guy. Nobody wants him. How can I not want him? So plus, I got him at the low guaranteed. So to me, it's low risk. If he ends up, you know, falling off a cliff. I cut him, and I'm not talking about a lot of dead caps. So I was stunned by the lack of interest for him and Zadarius Smith. I mean, these guys have been top sack getters now for the past two years, and we know that for our league, edge rusher, you know, it's a prime position. So I was really surprised, especially those teams that had a lot of money. I don't know why they elected to pass on those guys. Yeah, you know, we'll see see what happens because uh, they, they those two guys definitely didn't go for as much as I thought they might, but. Like I say, trying to spend their money on Travis Kelsey. That's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, ball. But the thing, one thing with Hunter though, Steve, I mean, I, like I said, he's, he's very uh boomer bust player. So we'll see if he can kind of work things out and make it more consistent this year. So the other glamorous position that uh, we'll be talking about here today is the defensive tackle market. So defensive tackle Cameron Hayward signed a three-year, $90 million contract with $31 million guaranteed and 17 of it as signing bonus. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald signed a one-year, $30 million contract, 24 guaranteed with three and a half as a signing bonus. Then we got defensive tackle Zach Seiler. He signed a three-year, $50 million contract with 40 guaranteed and 15 as a signing bonus. Defensive tackle Kenny Clark signed a two-year $25 million contract with 12 and a half guaranteed with two and a half as a signing bonus. And then lastly, Dietrich Wise, uh, we see him as an interior defensive lineman. So he's in this group and he signed a two-year $15 million contract with seven and a half guaranteed and four and a half as a signing bonus. So guys, what is your reaction to the defensive tackle contract decisions? Yeah, this group was one of the funnest groups or positions we had in free agency this year. A lot of good names out there. I think I really like both the Cam Hayward and the Aaron Donald deals. I think in essence, I know Cam is at the three-year deal, Donald one year, but in essence, they're very much the same contract where um, the owner could basically cut Cam after this year for very little dead cap. I think they're both super good players. Some of the best defensive defensive tackles, I you know, top top five um they have been for years i really like i think that's gonna be a huge lift for any team defensive tackles are another position that's kind of scarce in our league it's hard to find 
you know, we have 32 starting defensive tackles throughout all the teams. So having guys like this on your roster make a huge difference. Um, great signings. Kenny Clark's the only one I think was overpaid for. Um, Kenny Clark's a great defensive tackle from a football team. I'd be very excited to have him on my NFL team. I just, he's never really put up the fantasy points I'd like to see in our league in order to make him worth it. So 12 and a half for him um, was a little much. Yeah, you know, this, uh, I, I was definitely interested in these group of guys, you know, um, wasn't surprised. Well, I kind of was surprised that I know defensive tackle is important, but I was kind of surprised that, you know, these guys really were going sought after, but then the league really left the defensive ends alone. But, uh, you know, I, I like the Cam Hayward contract. Um, he's, you know, he's a dominant player and he's been a dominant player, you know, in fan, terms of fantasy points in our league. Um, I like that move. I had interest in him, just got expen- too expensive for me. You know, the Donald one made sense. Um, thought he might go for a little more, but, you know, $30 is definitely fair. I know I'm a little concerned about him. You know, the Rams defensive line is kind of a little lackluster than it normally is, so I'm a little concerned to see if teams can just put more focus to him and kind of slow him down a little bit this year, but I guess we'll see what happens. Um and then, yeah, Kenny Clark, I mean, that definitely – I had some interest in him, but to your point, Charlie, if I think the, if we had different scoring categories for our league, Kenny Clark would be a lot higher. Like if we did score for pressures and things like that, you know, Kenny Clark would be a lot more valuable. But definitely was a very aggressive signing in that terms of money, being that, you know, there's just a few teams involved in him. Yeah, when it comes to the defensive tackle market, I like the moves for Hayward and Donald. Very aggressive. I agree, Joe. Maybe the retirement conversation as well as far as Donald kind of loomed large for him, and that's why people didn't bid more for him, even though he's such a marquee name. I think that eye-popping name for me, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention, was Zach Seiler. I mean, this guy is not a household name. I know he's been good, but $50 million and then 40 of it guaranteed, I think that was rich for me. I would much rather have uh, Kenny Clark at a 12 and a half APY versus a 16, six, seven APY. I'm the guy who got Clark. And the reason why I, I, I end up liking it, you're right, Joe. Uh, but when, as far as like pressures and hurries and stuff, but that was encouraging to me. It, it just so happens. He just doesn't get the sacks, um, but he is getting those hurries. He is in the backfield to make those plays. He just hasn't happened. He's 27 years old. Uh, it hasn't so happened for, for five years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Heading over to the linebackers. We've got a few names here. Frankie well, Luvu. One oh, thing, though. So on Zach Seiler, though, the one thing, uh, you know, I was interested in him, and I think part of it is his age. You know, he was, a, he was a bit younger than those other defensive tackles. So that's necessarily – I know it was a lot of money, but I didn't necessarily have a problem, especially with the three-year deal, because I think he's young and coming – He's not a household name, so I think that's what also made him intriguing. He was a guy I had my eye on, but just got too expensive for me. Let's head over to the linebackers. Linebacker Frankie Lugu signed a three-year, $54 million contract with 34 guaranteed and seven as a signing bonus. Linebacker Matt Milano signed a two-year, $28 million contract with 22 and a half guaranteed with eight signing bonus. Linebacker Shaq Thompson signed a two-year, $20 million contract with $6 million guaranteed with $2 million as a signing bonus. Linebacker Levante David signed a two-year, $18 million contract with $9 million guaranteed with $5 million as a signing bonus. And then linebacker Cole Holcomb, he did not sign, and he will be destined for Wave 2. So, guys, what's your reaction to these linebacker decisions? The only contract, well, I won't say that, but one of the few other contracts that rivals the 
outrageousness of Travis Kelsey is none other than Frankie Louvu. Okay, this is ridiculous for linebackers. This is way too much money in long term, a lot of guaranteed. I mean, I'm never signing a linebacker, an interior linebacker, this type of money. It's insane. I actually think out of all this list, they're all kind of surprising. Cole Holcomb was a real trailblazer waiting to wave too. That's what should have happened to all five of those linebackers. I mean, look, I'm signing last year. I'm signing guys for like 0.5 million, 1 million, these linebackers. Starting middle linebackers, again, 100 tackles a year. You don't have to pay a bajoodle of money to these guys. It's it's ridiculous. Well, I, I Frankie Louvo definitely was really good last year. Traded for him for the second half of the year. You know, he does really well, but that's just kind of crazy for literally a flash in the pan for one year. That's a crazy amount of money. And I also think that Matt Milano, that was a that was a large contract for him as well. I mean, almost a fully guaranteed deal. Twenty two and a half out of the twenty eight was was guaranteed. Yeah. So for me, I agree with you guys at the Lulu signing. Not only was he an undrafted player, but he was a flash in the pan player, like you mentioned, Joe. One year wonder. I'm very nervous about whether he'll he'll fade off there. Shaq Thompson was hurt a lot of the year. I think that's why he, you know, did what he did. So I'm with you guys. I'm concerned about Luvu. I disagree with you on Milano. Tremaine Edmonds is gone now. I think Milano could actually get even more tackles than he's accustomed to. Uh, and I disagree with you strongly about your position, Charlie. I think you might be a little bit on the extreme when it comes to linebacker. Maybe you don't be paying a ton of money, but there are some elite guys um, that end up playing for 5, 10, 15 years, like a Roquan Smith that are worth well worth paying. And then Cole Holcomb, I actually was surprised he went to Wave 2. I think he might be surprised how much interest he would get because I think he could be really good with the Steelers. So head over to the cornerbacks. Uh, we've got Trayvon Diggs signing a four-year, $52 million contract with 14 guarantee with five-and-a-half signing bonus. Cornerback Russell Douglas signed a five-year, $37.5 million contract with 21.5 guarantee with $11 million signing bonus. Quarterback Patrick Peterson signed a two-year, $6 million deal, one-and-a-half guarantee with a half signing bonus. Cornerback Cameron Sutton signed a two-year, one-and-a-half million dollar contract with one guaranteed and a half as a signing bonus. And then cornerback Stephon Gilmore, one-year, half million with fully guaranteed. Guys, what is your reaction to these cornerback contract decisions? Yeah, I think Cameron Sutton's where you should be paying for corners and free agency. Uh, Trayvon Diggs and Ursula Douglas – yeah, four-year, five-year deals. I'm never giving a deal like that to a cornerback. I don't care what their success has been in the past. That's not worth it. Corners seem to be up and down our league. Sometimes, like, you know, they're getting really a lot of starts, and they seem to fall off cliffs, cliffs fast. I know Diggs in particular has had a lot of success, but giving him that much money and thinking, oh, he's going to continue what he's been doing, he's going to get all these picks again going forward is, in my mind, not worth paying for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially, you know, with our league, our scoring really – the only way to the main way to get points for corners is pass deflections and interceptions. I think, you know, that's where Trayvon Diggs in the past has really, you know, benefited from as far as like his points, but his interceptions have kind of come down, um, has had less targets, you know, coming his way. We'll see what happens now that Gilmore's there. Um, but I agree with you, Charlie, four or five year deals for corners in our league is, is kind of crazy. Yeah, only comment for me here is I think, Joe, you might have got the steal of free agency for Stephon Gilmore for a half a million one year. I can't believe there wasn't more interest. When you've got two good corners, that's the key to success because you can't just shy away from one guy. You've got two really good ones. So now that Gilmore and Diggs are both there, I think they'll help both of them as far as their stats are concerned. So nice sign there, Joe. Don't yeah. know why more people weren't interested in him. Good work, Joey. 
Yeah, thanks. I, you know, I especially like him because the Dallas pass rusher is good as well, and that's another key thing for interceptions for DBs. Mm-hmm. All right, lastly, we've got the safeties, guys. We've got safety Jamal Adams signing a four-year, $44 million contract with 14 and a half guaranteed with $8 million as a signing bonus. Safety Eddie Jackson signed a three-year, $18 million contract with 11 guaranteed and $2 million as a signing bonus. Safety Grant Delpit signed a three-year, $15 million contract with nine and a half guaranteed with four and a half as a signing bonus. Safety Harrison Smith signed a one-year, $9 million contract, five and a half guarantee with $1 million as a signing bonus. And then safety Rayshon Jenkins uh, did not get signed. Uh, he'll be heading over to Wave 2, as well as safety Jordan Poyer, who uh, I was surprised about as well. So, guys, what is your reaction to these safety contract decisions? Overall, I, I, I don't love giving longer-term deals to some safeties. They can be somewhat similar corners. I think they're a little more stable than corners, though in this case, there was never a bunch of guaranteed money given to these guys. So, you know, giving, you know, a longer-term deal to Adams or something with not a lot of guaranteed, in, in my mind, is it's fine. Um, I, I wouldn't be, I'm not like being like, oh, steal the draft or steal a free agency or anything, but it's a fine signing. I think, yeah, going forward in wave two will be really interesting for those remaining safeties. Um, they could get a lot of interest. Yeah, definitely. There's still some interesting safeties out there. You know, Steve, I was really shocked in the amount of interest you had in Jamal Adams. You know, a uh, risky player got hurt last year. No, he's really good when he plays. But, you know, turns out you got him for an okay deal, though. Like that you didn't have to give him too much guaranteed. And there's definitely ways for you to get out of it down the road. Yeah, when it comes to Adam, I think it was the risk reward. You know, I only, you know, I, I gave him like maybe one fourth, a little over one fourth of a guaranteed uh, out, out of the four years. So to me, he's a, been, he's 27 years old. He's been like, when he has been healthy, he's been one of the best safeties, you know, in the entire NFL. So why not take a flyer on him? If he doesn't work out, I can cut him. Not a big deal. I can understand why there was mixed interest in him though. It was definitely a gamble on my part, but because I'm rebuilding, I'm like, eh, I don't, I can take a flyer on him. All right. Well, that concludes our epic free agency period. We hope that you enjoyed all of the contract decisions uh, that we ended up making uh, for these players. Uh, if you watch this video and as you said to yourself, this is pretty cool what these guys are doing. Uh, a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, is self-made. You know, uh, we created it. And uh, if you have any interest in that, go ahead and send a direct message out. So, like I said to Joe, me, your front office pros, happy to help in any way that we can. But if you enjoyed this video, we please ask you to like it, to show your support. Comment below on your thoughts on some of the contract decisions. Do you agree with Charlie, Steve, or Joe about our reaction to these signings? Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Apple and Spotify podcast. So thank you so much for watching and until next time.